0: Back to Fugue Forethought, the podcast. I am your host, Alan, and I have accidentally taken a summer vacation. We haven't had any podcast updates in a while. Um, I had not intended to take a break, but things got busy over the summer. The uh, Darmstadt School series in July, uh, writing about uh, works from. Messiaen and Boulez and Nono and Stockhausen and um, some others, took up more of my time than I thought it would. It was very enjoyable. Uh, Go check that out on fugueforthought.de. And I was actually very excited to find out that there would be uh, something going on here in my hometown in Taipei related very much to that serialist music of the Darmstadt School. And that is... Uh, that there is a quartet coming to perform the Taiwanese premiere of Boulez's quartet, the Livre pour Quatre, the his only string quartet, uh, book for string quartet. So uh, I reached out to the quartet, the Diotima Quartet, who will be here uh, on September 13th to perform not just the premiere of the quartet, but the premiere of their own revision of the quartet with the composer. So they had contacted Boulez about a a new performing version of this work. He agreed, and they worked with him before he passed away to have a new version of this work. And they're coming in September, September 13th, to Taipei to perform this quartet. And so I reached out to them because I wanted to hear more about the work. I actually wrote about it back in march um but it was a very challenging piece for me i didn't understand it very well but we have here uh first of Zhao uh he is originally from china has spent quite some time in france now and uh, he's going to be here with us today to talk about the work now this is um, the first part of our conversation and we also actually have a very brief chinese version uh kind of an abridged version of this conversation that we're going to have and I will upload that separately. So let's get started. Actually, before we get started, a quick little note. It's been a while since I did this and I made an amateur mistake. My end of the conversation is not recorded through the headset that I'm currently using. It is recorded from my internal microphone, which is horrible. Uh, So the audio quality is not superb on my end. It's fine on Yunpeng's end. Um, So please bear with a little bit of ambient noise and some echo. Um, yeah, that's it. Let's get started. So I'm here with, um, Pong from the Diotima Quartet. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, very good. And very nice to talk with you. (laughs) I'm very excited to, to have you here because, um, this is a rare occasion in which I'll actually be seeing one of my guests soon. You guys are coming to Taipei next month.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, we're very happy to go back to Taiwan, once more because we were once, uh, even twice, already in Taiwan and we love a lot uh, the Taiwanese audience and um, even the country and landscapes around wonderful. Uh, we will stay a little bit less than one week and Oof. we will do uh, I think two concerts and maybe
0: some master classes but we're not sure Oh yet. nice, very nice. Yeah. And, and you said you've, you've been here in the past, when, when did you come before? Um, the
1: last time it was two years ago. I think we had a sort of a residency in the Taipei. I think National Arts University, something like that. It was a wonderful project, and um, the school was very nice. And the every student was wonderful and very high quality. And professors, they are very cooperative, and we are very we were very happy.
0: Oh that's really nice. Now something that's that's really special about um the concert coming up here in Taipei in September is the program. Yeah. Um now I so I understand um that the the, the Diotima Quartet you guys kind of you have a you have a reputation for focusing on uh new music or modern music. So that's correct. The because the, the name comes from the Luigi Nono piece, am I correct?
1: Absolutely. And okay. um this quartet really start with only, let's say only modern musics. And um, it's only from, let's say, from a little bit more than 10 years, we start to really open our repertoire because we say always a phrase and part of set, you need to play the repertoire as the modern music and the modern music as a repertoire. So, when we work with a lot of composers, I think they bring us a lot of finally traditional um, values. Even in the modern music, we can really find the the classic music traditions and the, sure. the reverse. Also true. So, um, it is why we we love the more and more to. To do this mixed program with some um, modern stuff and
0: with uh, the most famous classic pieces, right? And so um, I, I understand you guys have done, or j- just recently, I think um, the the recording of this, the quartets of the Second Viennese School—Berg, Webern, and Schoenberg. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and that and that got a lot of that got a lot of attention, right? That was a big a big deal recently. Those those recordings.
1: Yeah, this is really one of our uh, center of repertoire because we really think and we believe that this period and this repertoire is really a sort of, uh, how I say, let's say uh, the turning place from the past and to the future. So uh, for us, it's a really, really important historical uh, time mark and, of course, after that, the music, the pieces, they are really truly interesting. Uh, They're complete, wonderful, yes. Yeah, the, to the complete Schoenberg pieces and uh, complete Wibben and Berg is really masterpieces. And we play them from a really long time, and now we will continue to play them, and we really love them.
0: And, and what is... Um, I'm, I'm curious as to people's response to... Let's say, for example, the Schoenberg uh quartets, because for like your average just concert, you know, someone who goes to a concert, um yeah. Schoenberg's the first quartet might be a little bit challenging, but more modern, the, the harmonies and things, uh it's a it's a very rich piece. But then number four it is fully 12-tone, is maybe even more challenging. But to most music people, it's pretty standard. So what is what is the response of most people listening to the music, is it, are they receptive to it? Um, it's very
1: dif- difficult to say because first uh, Schoenberg today, even in Europe, I think uh, it's a very scary name to be <laughs> Sure, <laughs>
0: right,
1: right. When, when you put a Schoenberg name on the program, usually you don't expect a lot of audience. Right. Even you play the first one, number one, it's the, 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 the huge um, quartet in one, one movement. and it's, it's wonderful. Wonderful. It's really wonderful. But it's really funny you talk about number four because we just rehearsed number four this, uh, today with oh, well. quartet. But yes, from the musician point of view, it's really, really difficult and a really high standard piece. But if I put myself, even myself, on the audience's way, I can totally understand this piece is really difficult to listen to. Sure. But I think this is also why usually we try always to, to play our biggest project recently made from 2012 with this uh, revision, this new version of the Gules, Yes is to build this big project around uh the late late Beethoven quartet and the complete uh four quartet of Schoenberg. and uh, in this context, I think every piece take really to, to really how i say to, to, um, the necessary value and I think the audience will have really a feel to follow everything from historic from the past and to, through uh, Schoenberg to Boulez. I think the most important thing today is not to always play the pieces we knew already, either play always new stuff because we need some, some new stuff. True. But for our point of view is really to make this new context how you compose the program and how you put the listening in the different angle for the audience to 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 receive the old piece as the new new piece.
0: Very well said, and and, and I agree with that actually. Um, so yeah, we didn't even actually mention um, Buddhas. This is going to be the um, the Taiwan premiere of yeah. his the um, his only. Quartet and it's a huge quartet. It's it's like actually forty bizarre. minutes, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a very very big one, because normally uh, the 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 original project it was um, uh, have a new version uh, for this huge project with four concert um, to make a new version more uh, let's say more easy access <laughs> more sure. access and also to premiere the force movement who are never uh, premiere.
0: Wait, and, uh, I didn't know, because I was gonna uh, ask, I didn't know it was even written. It was written, it, we, we have the
1: score, we have the manuscripts, and the thing oh is- Yes, the thing is, um, we contact him around 2010-11, 2000, and he accepted the project with the big pleasure, and we started to really work on this with him in in Paris, and also at his home uh, in Baden Baden, Germany.
0: I believe I read an article about this, because this, this sounds familiar now. the The quartet that worked with Boulez on the the new yeah. version.
1: Okay, we kind of worked with him for for really even more than one year, complete year. And uh, we finally premiered a new version start in Paris in in 2012. And the problem is, after that, uh, his, his problem become very important and uh, really disturbing right. for his uh, conductor career, for everything. And uh, finally, this force movement with gave up sort of gave up because he don't re- he, he can't really see nothing and he was very f- he was very weak in that time and um and he of course passed away uh, this year and um, so this was original idea, but even without force movement this piece is around already fifteen fifty 50 minutes <laughs> it's big. We have uh, and we, we we have the force movement score and I think only force movement is at least twenty and twenty-five minutes.
0: Oh so my goodness.
1: We, yeah, it's very, very long. And if we <sighs> play the whole piece with force movement, it's much more than one hour, actually. Yeah. And this um the force the first movement we will play in Taiwan it's really the beginning of this piece, and I think it's very, how I say, representative of this sort of um, writing, and it's very, very this sort of uh, serial music. Yes. We say that in well, English,
0: maybe? Yes, serial, that's correct.
1: And serial music, and uh, and it's complete serial music, because if you want, Schoenberg could write some serial music, but Boulez really pushed this idea Really, very, very far than 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 Schoenberg did. But I think with the first movement, we could already have the perfume on this writing and this sort of post
0: Schoenberg or post Webern, something <sighs> like. Well, I I understand that the quartet, from what I remember, was one of his earlier works, um, around the time maybe of the second piano sonata, something like that, late forties or early fifties, I think. And and some of his. Some of his other music, say, for example, the first two piano sonatas, I have, I have the scores for those. I've studied them and looked over them and listened to them. And like we were talking about with Schoenberg earlier, yeah, it, it can be difficult to get into. But once you begin to see uh, what he's doing in the music, patterns and motifs and figures and ideas, it's like it suddenly opens up and it makes incredible sense. Um, Absolutely. I, I haven't gotten there with the quartet. Because uh, I, ha- I haven't seen the score, and I've listened to it a lot, but it's a piece that I haven't been able to to get into that way, partly because it's so big.
1: Yeah, this is also one of, the reason, one of the reasons why we, we asked him to really try to make a new version, because he did um, some works with some other quartets and uh, even one of the French quartets recorded record the last version of this piece. And they really, it's, it, we we didn't talk uh, with them, the quartet, but what we hear is they really passed a lot of time to work on, on this piece with the really the precise tempo mark and everything. Sure. The problem is, is the wonderful paperwork for some theory uh, analysis. But uh. if you want to listen to everything he wrote on the paper, the timing is not the same. when you, when you read something, <laughs> you <only> have to <laughs> right. read several times, right? But when you listen to something, you have only one time to listen to. Once it's right, passed, it's exactly. over, so this, and he understand very well, all point of view, this is also why he accepts to modify something, and he said, we, yes, uh, we, uh, and in the end, he said with a very easy way to say, if we can hear the music, it's not necessary to play it. That's a good point. <laughs> Of course. And I, I think also why his evolution, his personal evolution from when he had 23 until when we met him, he had 85, 86 something. So it's a huge evolution even sure. through conducting experience. So uh this maybe also why he's one of the composers who... Make always a new version of the existing piece.
0: <laughs> right, right. He, he worked a lot on. Well, even there's a version. I want to say there's a version of the quartet for a string ensemble that's much shorter. Yeah. It's only like 15 minutes or something. It's kind of a, a an adapted version of the of the piece.
1: Yeah, and the the for us the the the, the difference between Schoenberg and Boulez is Schoenberg learned. Composition by himself with, with a copy uh, of of the copy of Dvorak's piece Brahms's piece, but Boulez, he really learned the composition and and he really would like to it's sort of even i can say politic even even sort of political ideas behind oh, it
0: very
1: he would like to against the, the past uh, the, the renewing something a uh, totally destroying art yes. So this really historical period. Right. So it's very, um, it's much more politic fighting than just simply musical something.
0: Well, there's, um, mentioning Schoenberg and mentioning Webern and those things, um, especially Schoenberg, you mentioned Brahms and um, Zemlinski, some of those folks. Schoenberg was very much about kind of, you can hear in his music, his acceptance of so much of that Viennese style. Uh, absolutely, while, absolutely, yes. While still being very modern, even, even a late piece like his, his Piano Concerto still has some of that Viennese flavor to it. But, but Boulez, you know, strikes me, it seems like he's the person who, I think he's even said before, kind of destroying tradition and moving forward and doing something completely new. It's almost confrontational.
1: Yes, and I, I, I would say it's not in the absolute way because he destroyed, of course, this sort of perfume of the past, this for sure. No melody anymore, very radical, but the theory is exactly the same. He, he really <coughs> used yes. the, the same theory that Schoenberg and Webern used, but pushed it much far than, than they did. Of course it's, they he he don't follow nothing of the the past, but this way of, i mean i mean the, the theory of the composer is the same it's really i'd say without rupture without stop it's, it's, it's totally the, the same line
0: right it's a continuation
1: but it's it's a total total continuation, yes, for me, from my point of view, but of course i can't totally understand. And even, let's say, even for the Schoenberg a personal evolution, the beginning and the end is, well, let's say it's two persons. It's not the same person. So even, even we say only quartet repertoire between the first piece, the, the, the presto, the scherzo, and the D major, the opus zero. Uh, yeah, 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 But if you listen to the fourth fourth quartet is not the same composer.
0: At all, right.
1: So uh, it's difficult to 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 say it because and and especially we 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 know a little bit of about his life and in, in this this confusion, this not confusion, but this in turn fighting between Jewish, uh, non-Jewish, uh, Austrian, German, finally American, European, yep. It's it's very confusing, even for himself. I think it's also why this creates so many facets of this composer and his pieces, his music is so different.
0: I I completely agree. I think very, very well said. Um, And and so we could compare also then, we, we kind of said earlier that the, the D Major Quartet, the the Zero Quartet, or yeah. or the Fourth. Well, let's use the the String Quartet Number One. It's a very dense work. Is it is it though that with the Fourth Quartet, with in the very in the first what is it the first four or five bars, Schoenberg gives us he just plays the row out. You know the, that those first few bars are in every every modern composition textbook that teaches serial music uses the Fourth Quartet you know as examples because. Yeah. In the piano concerto, he starts just with the row in wow. that first violin in that first violin line. The, just the idea that the fourth quartet has this—it has this twelve-tone row—maybe yep. makes it easier to understand because the first quartet is is much more like. Um, I don't know, things like Wagner or Debussy, where it's very thick, very rich, lots of of, um, dissonance and complexities. But but in some ways, the fourth quartet is, is very clear. It's very straightforward because he's using the ideas of serialism. And so I think maybe for analysis or for just score study, maybe the fourth is easier to understand.
1: It's maybe easier to understand, but it's very cold. I mean, very cold as feeling, right. as music, sure, sure. And sometimes very even sad because when you see how airy movements end, it's really sad. It's right. really pale. And, uh, and okay. it's really made, made you sometimes, when, when you listen to this, to this music, some, something sometimes not very comfortable
0: definitely um is it the beginning of in the in the fourth quartet is it the beginning of the third movement or the final movement where everyone plays for a few bars in unison yeah is it the third or the fourth movement
1: uh it's, a f- it's uh it's a third movement slow movement third
0: beautiful
1: yeah the third it's, movement we play unison and more rhythmic and everything it's but it's heartbreaking yeah that's true and um uh, It's also very difficult to play it, (laughs) to be honest. I'm sure. And uh, and I I I remember this really difficult to balance, you know, the intensity because finally we we need this thing because it's really the slow movement that we 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 can really say something with this because other movements are sort of ironic. It's sort of um hardness and coldness and everything. But right. finally, we have one moment we could really say something with more expression. But, you have a lot of technical limits. The balance is really difficult.
0: Well, and, and speaking, of, speaking of difficulty, um, <laughs> what's it like interpreting the, the boudes? I mean, it has to be incredibly difficult. It sounds difficult.
1: Yes, it's extremely difficult to play it, but I think the first thing i mean for us it's very different because we we we're we are, we are used to play this this kind of music for us it's not so difficult like of course it's difficult also but it's not it's, it's easier for us than for the other people that's for sure sure what I mean is when you start to learn this this kind of music, you don't have other choice to first understand. Understand, this means you need to sort of work on the table and you try to really understand what how it's, the voice is organized and the, the aesthetic of Vule's music, in generally speaking. And after that, you try to make it clear for, for hearing, for listening, for, for me, the quality we need is more, more rhythmical than, than the others because, as we said, it's, it's a complete serial music. This means when you have some similar things because it's a serial, you should really try to put it out and make it understandable, with say that, and, uh, and uh, more clear and more obvious and sometimes not the case, but you have a lot of flexibility, I don't know if you, maybe you, you know very well some concert, when he conducts orchestras, when you see his gesture, his is finally very, very flexible. And his music is the same. For example, I remember very well when we worked with him, uh, one time he just conduct us just to play some passage to maybe show us with a very simple and a clever and the obvious way how he feels this music so he contact us for some <laughs> few hours and we see how his hands move and we see okay this is really obvious and very clear and finally wow. I think this music of course is very difficult of course it's very rhythmical but finally it's really flexible very elastic
0: what a what a privilege to to be able to, to have that kind of relationship with the composer and, and get to know the music from him.
1: Uh, it's really big privilege. And I think it's very um, big honor to met uh, Boulez even in the end of his life. One of the most important uh, composers in France of 20th century is also because he's a really huge musician, great musician as conductor, as composer, even as politician, because our music world in France, we are really, uh, it's really because of him. He, he, he was fighting a lot uh, right. with the uh world and uh, for music, for culture. And if you see how he lived and he lived in, in Paris, you, you 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 will be very surprised to see he live in the very normal apartment in one of the middle class area in Paris, and he also ask the most uh, low fee for his category as conductor. So you are very you will be very surprised to see how he's really not at all personal people. I mean, everything he fights for is not for him. It's absolutely for his idea and for the cultural interest and for musical interest. And everything he had from the state uh, from the 80s, uh, from the 50s, 60s, is to build, is to, to build this IRCAM center, uh, yes. to, to have this um, ensemble and that contemporain to have this everything to promote the modern music and to also to, to, to keep this music alive, finally.
0: And actually, I had, a, I had a chance to see them last year here in Taiwan for their premiere, and they're coming again in October. And so it's a wonderful chance. They And they played, um, of course, they played a Bulez piece last time, and they will play a Bulez piece this time. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think, like, like you've said, you mentioned, you said he's one of the most Kind of significant composers, you said in France, but I, I think of of the entire 20th century. Yes, even if people and there's plenty of people, I'm sure that don't that don't really like his music, but they can acknowledge. I think people acknowledge that he is either, like you said, from the standpoint as a conductor or a composer, or even early in his career as a pianist.
1: Yes, of course, and sometimes we we, we can say and. I can totally understand and sometimes agree with these people who said, uh, I don't like Boule's music. Of right. course, sometimes it's not always a success, what he wrote. And of course, sometimes it's not really nice, let's say honestly. But sure. between the fact you don't like and we don't like, or sometimes it's not really nice, we can't say he don't have his place in the historical uh, field. Yes. Because he has totally his place in the 20th century uh, music history. And uh, a, and a good place, I say. And sometimes the it's, it's difficult to judge. I mean, it's difficult to judge because I, I think we, we take 50 years to the Vienna Philharmonica to play Mahler's music, and maybe we need 50 years more. And otherwise, I think the fact to, 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 to collaborate regularly and uh, uh, with a live composer, French, European, American, whatever, and Asian, whatever, and I, I, think, the, I think this is the work we need as musicians to do at least one time in your life. The fact to work with these composers This learned us as musicians, the point of view is totally different. And if we can really feel it, only this point of view, we can use this reflection to every music we play. This means from Mozart, from Haydn, from Beethoven, from Brahms, for everyone. The composer's point of view, I think for me, it's never changed. What they think, what is important for them, for them, and, and and how they think the process to compose, and and how to 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 try to find the best way to write, to to connect every bars in the score. I think the same from seventeenth century. I think.
0: Sure, makes sense. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, you said that with the Vienna Philharmonic, you know, it took them time to to kind of warm up to Mahler. It takes. Yes. You know, some people who are ahead of their time might take a few extra, a few more decades for people to kind of appreciate it. And and maybe, maybe we are close to that because there's orchestras like, um, you know, the New York Philharmonic. People in, not, not so much in Europe, just in Europe, because, because his influence there was huge. But even in America now, where you're starting to see Performances of his of his stuff. Maybe it's just solo piano. Maybe for full orchestra that people are starting to kind of recognize or appreciate. Yeah, so,
1: and I think it's uh, when you talk about uh, <coughs> uh, New York Philharmonic or LA Philharmonic. In I think it's good. As I say all all the time, nothing's perfect. You have always a negative si- a side. Sure. And you have always a positive side. And what you talk uh, t- talk about, I think for me, it's, it's, it's very positive side from the American musicians because in America, we, we don't have this sort of uh, a standard uh, or, or uh, standard aesthetic or let's say institutional aesthetic of the modern right. music. The people's uh, musicians and the audience, they are much more open. Of course, the negative side is maybe we, we, we have as it's a very commercial sound until very intellectual composition. You have everything. But right. people don't really judge and the people just welcome every piece as equal. The problem in Europe is okay. We have this very positive side as we have this continuity of this uh, European tradition music and we have always very strong institution to support, to sponsoring uh, everything. But we have this very, very, let's say, uh, rigid, closed um, institutional aesthetic. When people, as musician, as orchestra musician, or chamber music musician, or soloist musician, have some piece, they have a judge. Because European people judge more than American peoples. It's true. So, music is the same. And sometimes we're not really so open. That's the negative side of European musicians. So that's why we say always, finally, musicians, they are lazy. It's it's true. We we passed our young age to practice violin and lula and cello, about 20 years to learn how to play with a nice sound and everything. We will not destroy it. To play a very dirty sound. It's true. I mean it's human. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean it's not like this, we will move on. And that's uh, and why we I I say the musicians they are they are by nature lazy. They are not um, excited to do go to the adventure. I mean try new
0: things. <laughs> yes. I can I can see that I guess. Finally, nothing's perfect. Well <laughs> so, <laughs> so in uh, is it September September
1: 13th 13 Thai Bay? Yes. yeah 13
0: in uh, the Taipei National Concert Hall the big yeah our, our big concert hall yeah for someone uh for someone walking in uh, I'll say actually this last year a pianist uh Jean-Philippe Bavouze came yeah he did Beethoven Ravel Debussy yeah. and Boulez. He put, he put the first Belez Sonata between two Beethoven sonatas. And wow. I, I, I tried to kind of look around in the audience and see, you know, what the response was from people because many people here knew his name. He's been here a few times before. So yep. I think it came because they knew him and they saw Beethoven and Ravel and, you know, Debussy on the... on the. Yeah, sure. But I'm so curious to see what people thought of, of the piece because, you know, we, we were talking about Europe and America... Um, Asia has has now, we've got a, especially in Taipei, I've found, we've got a lot of really good music and famous musicians and orchestras coming through. That, that the audience is a, is a pretty educated audience. Um, yeah. but, but for someone who, say, for example, has never heard Boulez before, how would you try to introduce or say something about the quartet so that someone could appreciate it at first listen, if possible? <laughs> Wow, this
1: is a very difficult question <laughs> um i mean the, the the music is like that it will be will be not changed because uh we introduce a lot, not enough right. with few words. The music will be the same. The things i think what we can do and we can say maybe is to say to the people, okay, now we change the century and maybe just try to give up our habit to listen to music from 19th century. Maybe we need uh, some quality and some references to listen to 19th century's music but when you listen to the 20th century, maybe just give up this habit. For example, ice melody, for example, some drama or something like that, maybe just let you go. I mean, because it's difficult to say something about this piece because otherwise we will need three hours analysis, you know? And uh, I I think the audience, they are are used to to listen to, to classic music, even from uh, some years, some modern music. We are musically educated, I think. I mean, will be not a big stuff. It's a little bit like when you appreciate painting, and when you go to the modern modern arts uh, exhibition, and okay, you are faced to a, a painting. But I think everyone will have a different feeling. Everyone will have a different right. understanding, and it's not necessary to have the same. The most important things to have is to have a personal satisfaction when you listen to this sort of sort of piece. I mean, finally, when we go to a concert, of course, it's enjoyed music, but you could also enjoy the music with a uh, anger feeling. I mean, this make you... Think something else than just enjoy the nice melody. Wow, it's so nice to hear the <laughs> melody I knew because usually this this the habit people go to concert to. Okay, they are expecting exactly the same melody they knew at home, and they would yes. like to find the exactly same thing. <laughs> and when they don't have it, they are frustrated. That's not a good attitude for me. I think. Of course, we, we, we need some references. Otherwise, it's nothing, nothing has sense. Right. But I think if we use the same reference for everything, this will be not good either.
0: Well, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm so excited to hear, because I've not, this is not a piece I've heard live. Um, and, and I think hearing music live um, should be a different experience than than hearing it you know in a recording, no matter uh, no matter how yeah. many times no matter how many times you've listened to that recording even even something like a like a Bruckner symphony um, of course of course, sitting in the I'm hall a- is just it's oh my God, it's overwhelming it's such a different experience and so um, i'm looking very forward to to hearing the piece live so that is it for today's episode. Um, Again, we have a maybe 10 or 15 minute Chinese version of this. Um, For the vast majority of you, that's not going to mean anything, obviously. Um, But since they are performing here in Taipei, and um, the majority of the audience here in Taipei is Chinese speaking, uh, we did a little Chinese episode. And so that will be coming up later this week. Um, There's also a second part of our conversation uh, that you heard today, obviously is not finished. Um, Equally poor audio, I'm very sorry about that, Uh, but I'm very excited to share um, all of the things that Youpong had to say about music in general, be it Schoenberg or Beethoven or Boulez, their experience getting to know this composer who passed away just recently, um, and my own experience getting more familiar with his music that, um, frankly, I was not really able to listen to, um, not too long ago, but have, have become far more interested in. So that's going to be it for our episode today. Um, the Diotima Quartet in Taipei, September 13th, that can be found, uh, tickets for that can be found on the, uh, Liang Website at the National Concert Hall. Um, you can also check out their website and my website. All of those links will be in the description of this episode. So check that out and we will see you very soon. Bye bye.